want to begin our service, please, with hymn number nine. Jesus, thou joy of loving hearts, thou fount of life, thou light of men. Let's stand as we worship the Lord today. Come to the Lord, please, now in prayer and commit our service and our day to Him. Let's bow before the Lord. Our Father and our God, we are thankful this new Lord's Day morning for again the opportunity of being in the house of prayer, in the place of praise. And Father, as we still ourselves, we want prepared hearts. We want, O Lord, to know that There is nothing between us and our Father that would hinder the blessing being poured out upon us individually from receiving fruit from the Word of God. And Lord, we don't want to be a hindrance to other believers either. Lord, we ask that we would know the ministry of the Holy Spirit to our own hearts just now. 
Father, perhaps some have come from a busy morning, maybe stresses and disruptions, things that have not been very conducive, Lord, to coming to worship and to praise. Well, Lord, help us, we pray. And we come in great need this morning because, Lord, of our humanness, because of our weakness, because of all the issues that affect us day by day. And yet, Lord, we know that we come in Christ's name and on His merit and on the ground of the value and the victory of His resurrection. Therefore, Lord, we ask boldly, and we come to the throne of grace boldly, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in the time of our need. And so, Father, we rejoice today, and we do give thanks that our sins have been forgiven. For every one who knows they are in Christ Jesus today, our sins are gone. We know we have a home in glory. We know, Father, that there is only eternal life to look forward to. And while in the course of a busy life, and so many things going on, sometimes the, the joy and the blessing and the anticipation of eternity can be taken from us, or at least not in the forefront of our mind. Lord, please come and help us reinforce that truth to our hearts. Bless us, and Lord, make us a blessing to other people. We ask for the ministry of the Spirit of God to be poured out on all the work that we attempt to do for our Savior. Father, we are praying for Your multiplied blessing upon our ministries. So many things happening now as we begin the fall program of work, the recommencement of school on Tuesday, the anticipation of the students and the staff and the parents for what this school year will be. Lord, we are asking. We stand in great need of the blessing of the Holy Spirit to be poured out upon the ministry of Whitfield. We ask, dear God, to bless our congregation. We ask that the blessing of the Lord would be upon our Sunday school, our Bible classes, our prayer meetings, our session and board meetings, all of the activities that go on, every form of outreach, both in a corporate manner, Lord, but also in the private and personal ways that you give to us to share our faith. Lord, make use of us, we pray, this day and in this season, and help us to go forward in the joy and strength and the fullness of the power of the Spirit of God. Our Lord, we are thankful today for your hand upon us in answering prayer those that have been brought through hospital times and procedures. We're thankful for our brother, Dr. McClellan, in the service today. And we're thankful, Lord, for your hand upon him and for the answers to prayers of many people. And we do continue to hold up others who are still at home uh, trying to get better from their surgery or their situations. Lord, bless them where they are and speed the healing process, Lord. We come to the great physician, and we have asked 
many times and continue to uphold those that have long health matters and issues. We're asking, Father, for Your kind and gracious hand to be upon them and to build them up, not let them be cast down in spirit, but rather strengthen them. Think of our, our elderly and the seniors that at one time were vibrant in the work of God, but now because of weakness of body, they cannot be. The Lord bless them and encourage them and help them as they are praying and reinforce to them the value of the ministry of prayer. They would receive much blessing in their own hearts. We're thankful for our brother David Yap back with us today in the service. And Lord, for your kind hand of preservation upon him over the last two years. Lord, be with him, encourage his heart as he begins a new stage of his own life and ministry. Lord, pour out your blessing upon all our families. We need to be protected. We need the help and grace of the Lord to keep going. And we pray the devil will be defeated at every attempt he has to disrupt and overturn and to cause us to be set aside. Keep us going straight forward, O God, in the center of Your will. We will be servants of the Most High God, that we will live victoriously, that we will go forward conquering and to conquer, realizing that we are called to be soldiers and to war a good warfare. And Lord, all the more so we need that strength and grace in these last of the last days when there is so much going against, militating against the Christian church, Lord, we pray that the devil's hand will be defeated and that he will not be allowed. But we know, Lord, that there is victory in the church of Christ because our Savior has promised, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so, give us joy and help and strength. Bless us now, Father, as we continue in our worship. For we pray all these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Let's continue in our worship, please, with Psalm 107. Psalm 107 will stand as we sing.
Amen. That's good praise to the Lord this morning. And you know, as the psalmist was writing in this psalm, he spoke about a city that the people of God were journeying to, and that was, of course, a city written in the Lord by faith. They were going to heaven. They were going to their eternal destination, and that is always the hope of the child of God. And so we are thankful for that today. We are going to read in our Scriptures now also from Psalm 107. So turn there, please. Psalm 107. The first 21 verses. O give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy, and gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them out of their distresses. And He led them forth by the right way, that they might go to a city of habitation. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. For He satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness, such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron, because they rebelled against the words of God and contemned the counsel of the Most High, Therefore he brought them down, down their heart with labor. They fell down, and there was none to help. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of all their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death, and brake their bands in sunder. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. For He hath broken the gates of brass and cut the bars of iron in sunder. Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat, and they draw near under the gates of death. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and He saveth them out of their distresses. He sent His word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. May God bless His Word to our hearts. Keep a note 
and keep a file there. We're going to be turning back later in our meeting to this psalm as well. May the Lord bless it to every one of your hearts. Welcome to our service this morning. We are glad that you are here in the house of prayer and of praise. It's especially good to see Dr. McClellan back in person in the service during his stay. We've been praying much for our brother, and he is very thankful for the prayers and the cards and the calls and the ways that people have reached out to him during his time of sickness. And so, brother, we're happy that you're in the meeting today, and we trust the Lord would continue to bless you. And then it's a really great joy to welcome our brother David Yap in our service today. He has just completed two years of military service in Singapore, and now he's back home, and he's about to begin the time at McMaster University starting on Tuesday. But David, we're very thankful for God's hand upon you and His blessing on you, and we're happy that you're here in the service, and we've been praying for you, and we continue to do that. The Lord has kept His hand upon you and preserved you, so we're thankful and happy that you're here in our service today. We want to also, if I don't have your name, it's good to see our brother Chris Provost here as well, and we've been remembering our brother in prayer, his own health needs, and his family, and we're thankful that he's here. And others, I might not have your name, but we're very happy that you're with us, and if you're joining us online this morning, you're also very, very welcome. We trust the Lord would bless you in your time of fellowship with us. As you can see, our communion table is set And after this service this morning, we'll be gathering around the Lord's table to remember His death in His own appointed way. If you are born again of God's Spirit, you are welcome to join us around the table of the Lord. Please continue to remember in your prayer our sister Anna Tan and uh, Isabel Glynn and also uh, Reverend John Bodner in your prayers. Also, it's good to see Serene in the service today. Remember our sister before the Lord. A couple of things to remember, especially in prayer. You will know the Abarca family. They're the family that does the cleaning in the church here. Jamie Abarca suffered a stroke in this past week. He had had a previous stroke some years before, and, uh, but he is at home at this time. But do remember him, please, before the Lord that God's hand would be upon him. And then a very sad note from our Mockrafelt Church in Northern Ireland. There is a young student minister by the name of Johnny Jordan, and he and his wife Claire, they had a nine-month-old boy, Matthew, who just passed away a couple of days ago. And that is a very troubling and a grieving thing for that young family and for their parents and grandparents so please hold up the Jordan family from Mockrafelt in your prayers. Remember our services today, our prayer time before the evening service at 5.50, and then also our evening service at 6.30 tonight. We hope you'll come back and be with us around uh, the Lord's Word. It's a busy week for us as we recommence school on Tuesday And we ask for your continual intercession for all of the people involved in our school ministry. The Lord would richly bless us. And then we also, on Tuesday at 12 o'clock, have a presbytery monthly prayer time. 
And then at 1 o'clock, we have a finance committee meeting here. And then also at 6 p.m. on Tuesday will be a session meeting. So it's going to be a busy start and a time. We need your prayers for all of these services and meetings. Then on Wednesday night, our Bible study and prayer time, 7.30. And it will be uh, devoted for the Sunday school teachers, staff members, a special prayer time as also we make preparation next Lord's Day will be the recommencement of our Sunday school for all ages and our Bible classes, the young adult Bible class and the adult Bible class. Now we want to start five minutes earlier. We want to make a start at 9.50. So please take note of that. And if you would be sure to be in your place at 9.45, get here in good time so that we're not uh, wasting any time. We want to make a start at 9.50 and that will Uh, be an encouragement for the Sunday school teachers as well in the responsibility of teaching and training the young people and also for adult classes. Just an advance notice for the session and board members. A week Thursday will be our first uh, session and board meeting, September the 14th uh, for the season. We want to remember all these things before the Lord. Let me give a word of thanks to all of you because you recognized last Lord's Day evening my birthday and you all this lovely card and many of you signed the inside of it and I read very carefully all of your greetings and that was much appreciated and I was really interested too because I counted the number of candles on the cake and there are 39 of them and so that was a good number so we're just going to keep hold of that number and not talk any more about it. So we really appreciate the kindness of everyone in uh, your uh, memory of of that special day for me. Let's sing again, please, to the Lord's praise as we worship number 616. 616, before we stand, we're going to have the instruments play through the opening verse to be sure we have the tune in our minds, and then we will stand to sing. Stand, please, as we sing.
Please turn again now to Psalm 107. Psalm 107, verse 21. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare His works with rejoicing. They that go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters... These see the works of the Lord and His wonders in the deep. For He commandeth and raiseth a stormy wind, which lifteth up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heaven. They go down again to the the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and He bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad, because they be quiet. So He bringeth them unto their desired haven. All that men would praise the Lord for His goodness for His wonderful works to the children of men. Let them exalt Him also in the congregation of the people and praise Him in the assembly of the elders. He turneth rivers into a wilderness and the water springs into dry ground, a fruitful land into barrenness for the wickedness of them that dwell therein. He turneth the wilderness into a standing water and the dry ground into water springs. And there He maketh the hungry to dwell, that they may prepare a city for habitation. And sow the fields and plant vineyards, which may yield fruits of increase. He blesseth them also, so that they are multiplied greatly, and suffereth not their cattle to decrease. Again, They are minished and brought low through oppression, affliction, and sorrow. He poureth contempt upon princes and causeth them to wander in the wilderness where there is no way. Yet setteth he the poor on high from affliction and maketh his families like a flock. The righteous shall see it and rejoice, and all iniquity shall stop their mouth. Whoso is wise and will observe these things, even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. And it's this last verse, Psalm 107, that I want to think on today. But bow please with me for a word of prayer first. Father, Come now, we pray, and settle our minds and our hearts. Let them be still, open, and receptive to the Word. Blessed Holy Spirit, come and 
speak to our hearts through the Scripture and reveal our Lord Jesus to us in ways perhaps we have not yet considered or in other ways to just cement and reinforce the truth to our hearts of our great Redeemer. So, Father, give me help today, I pray, for depending on the arm of flesh is vain, but our hope is in the Lord, and we want and need that Word to encourage, to bless, to edify, to strengthen, to rebuke, whatever is necessary, Lord, fit the medicine for the circumstance today. Hear our prayers and bless us now, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I think you'll find it's true that when you receive an unexpected kindness from an unexpected source, well, we may react in different ways. Not long ago, I was in the Tim's drive through and the lady in front of me paid for the coffee. And by the time I got to the window and found out that, uh, the car had driven off and I had no time to or ability to give a word of thanks. It was such a small thing, but it etches upon your mind and you remember it later, uh, that kindness that was done. Maybe you have given someone your shopping cart with the quarter still stuck in it, and you said, here, take it, enjoy. And that little kindness hopefully was a blessing to them. On the side of our police cars, you will sometimes see two words, deeds speak. And of course, the intention behind that is to communicate that good deeds speak and communicate a message of hope, a message of kindness. Well, of course, on the other side, evil deeds also speak, but it's a different message. Now, if you are a little bit of a suspicious kind, which some of us are, you may wonder when someone does an act of kindness for you, what do they want? Hmm. What are they up to? And if you have a bit of a suspicious mind, we hope that's not the case too often, but you might be able to receive that. Well, perhaps as life goes on, we can all become too doubtful about the motives behind what is driving a kind action. But let's be careful not to be too cynical in our old age. The psalm before us is filled with examples of the kind actions of God toward His creation, and specifically toward His people. Four times we have read that verse, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. What a great sermon there would be focusing on those words. Then in summary, the last verse of the psalm makes a statement, actually, and it says, Whoso is wise and will observe these things. What things? The things that have just been recorded for us in the psalm. Observing these things, even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. And I want us to think on that 
subject today of the kindness of the Lord, that we might praise Him. We might give the Lord thanks for both those things that are seen and the things that are unseen in our daily life, the examples of God's love toward us. The first thing is this, the kindness of God in giving the gift of salvation to us. With all the kind expressions that flow from our Lord to this world, there can be nothing that is greater, nothing that is more exemplary than the gift of salvation. The fact that we have been forgiven a great debt, that we today, believer, we are washed from our sin, that we have been placed into a living relationship with Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and our Savior. And how will we trace the grace of God's kindness in our life? Well, I suggest to you that as you look back, you will trace the kind hand of God in your life when you were still unsaved when you were unsaved. Look, we were all born in sin. Every one of us deserve hell because we are spiritually dead. Ephesians 2 verse 1 says that we are dead in trespasses and in sin. That's how we were born into this world. We were not born into this world ready for God. We were not born into this world seeking God. You do not have to teach a child born to do good things. You have to teach them to do good things. You do not have to teach them to do things that are wrong. But it's only when we think back to the overseeing providences of our Heavenly Father that we'll more fully recognize His kind ways in leading us in such a path. You think back, friend. At the time we were unsaved, we didn't acknowledge that it was anything to do with God that we were really living our life. Or when good things happened to us, we thought, well, hey, that must be good luck. Something smiling upon us, providence or whatever it would be, but it was not the God of heaven that we looked to to acknowledge thanksgiving. I've heard the testimonies, several of them, of those who were consumed with their own ways, living their own life outside of the Lord without any thought of God at all, riding on the edge of life. And yet, now they'll tell the story how they were preserved and how God overruled so many things that brought them to the point where they could be a Christian Yes, friends, when we were unsaved, we can all look back and see it was the hand of a kind God that was upon us, that was steering and directing and protecting and keeping us to lead us to the point where we were 
born again. But it's not just when we were unsaved. It was when we were most undeserving of any good things from the Lord. The truth is that God's loving kindness has come to us when we were both uninterested and undeserving. What worth or merit or ability or righteousness that we thought we had, they were not qualities that were real. We did not possess them when we were unsaved. We didn't have any merit of our own. We didn't have any ability to get to God. We didn't have any righteousness that recommended us to Him because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. What we did deserve, we deserved to be separated from God for all eternity. We deserve to be punished for our sin. We had nothing to bring to the table of negotiation with God. We had nothing to offer Him. We had no payment. There was no collateral we could bring to get a loan of righteousness. All we had was debt. And a debt that was insurmountable. An impossibility to pay. We had put that mildly. We had mounted such an eternal weight of debt that we were without hope. Without any hope at all. And ah, friends, that's what it was like before we were with Christ. We were most undeserving of anything He could give to us of what we would call His kindness. But it goes even further than that. It was when we were actively rejecting our Lord. It wasn't just that we were ignorant of Him. It wasn't just that we were uninterested and undeserving. It was that we were totally rebelling against Him and rejecting His offer. You wonder, well, could it get any worse? Yes. Not only were we without Christ and going to a lost eternity, we didn't care for any remedy or solution to it that was offered. Our hearts were full of hatred actually toward God. And the Lord who had only done us good, He had only shown us kindness. And how did we repay Him? To shake our fist in His hand and say, I will not have this God to rule over me. I'm going to live my life my way. I'm going to do it the way I want to do. Man does not seek God, friend. Don't be deceived. Man is not questing after God and just waiting for God to receive Him. Even though there are some theologies that talk about man willing himself into salvation, and therefore they can will themselves out of salvation again if they fall into sin. No, that's not the teaching of the Bible. Our course was was not something of neutrality. It was antagonism against the Lord. It was hatred against Him. It was darkness, and we had no spiritual life at all. And that led to a total rejection of His mercy, of His kindness toward us. 
Yes, when we were unsaved, when we were most undeserving, and when we were actively rejecting the Lord. My friend, I say to you today, openly, if you're outside of Christ, if you're unsaved, if you're watching online and you don't know the Lord today, I would say to you, this is your state. This is your present situation. Ah, friend, can you look and see the kindness of the Lord? If you're born again, you look back and you see all of those things are true. But do you not see it now by the great cost of our redemption, of what it cost our Heavenly Father, of what it cost our Lord Jesus Christ, in order that we would have and know what redemption really is. God's kindness, it cannot properly be defined because the cost is much higher than we could ever have paid for our salvation. Our Savior willingly offered His own perfect righteousness to be applied to us And He offered it when such a transaction could only be made through His death, through His suffering on a cross, the cross of Calvary. And it was there that our Lord Jesus went, willingly shedding His own blood, that He would make atonement for our sin, and that He would give to me His perfect righteousness, which I neither deserved nor was able to pay for. Titus chapter 3, the Apostle Paul said, but after that the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. Ah, friend, today, if you are a believer then you will acknowledge the cost of redemption is higher than you could ever pay. If you're not saved this morning, friend, I say to you, call out unto God and say, Lord, be merciful to me, the sinner, and apply Jesus' perfect righteousness to us. Yes, we saw and have seen the kindness of God to us in giving of salvation? But have we not seen the kindness of the Lord since we have come to Christ? Now that we are saved, we are in the Lord Jesus. We emphasized this last Lord's Day morning as we were thinking about our relationship in the Lord. To be saved by His sovereign grace And to be a member of God's family is a kindness that it will take all eternity for us to properly acknowledge, and I don't even think then we'll be able to do it. It's only when we have spiritual life that we can begin to see the hell from which we have been saved and the heaven that we have and will gain one day. God's kindness was the greatest 
at Calvary. It could not be expressed in any greater way that God so loved you that He sent His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Friend, this is the gospel message. And this kindness that the Lord has blessed us with, it is all based on the work that Jesus has done for us. And the Lord has purposed that we will become holy like His Son is holy, like Jesus is perfect in His own righteousness. When we shall see Him, John the Apostle said, we will be like Him, for we will see our Lord Jesus as He is. And the blessing to share our faith, our faith in Christ with others, is itself a mighty kindness from the Lord. And the Lord is pleased to use us to speak about the unsearchable riches of Christ. I, as a pastor, have the the great blessing of sharing and speaking publicly about the unsearchable riches of our Lord. And you have the opportunity and privilege of speaking one to another, speaking to a neighbor, a friend, a family member, someone in your workplace. Friend, count that a kindness of God that He allows us to share the wonder of so great salvation. You might think, well, I don't want to intrude upon someone's life. I don't want to make a nuisance of myself. And while we have to be tactful and careful how we share the Word, don't ever think that it is something of an intrusion to tell someone when they are in peril of losing their life. If someone was about to step out in traffic and a truck was coming, would you be cautious to share with them, look out, you're in danger? Or if someone was near drowning, would you just say to them, counseling them? Or would you throw them the life or life vest or jump in to help them? Ah, oh, friend, let us not think it is intrusive to warn someone of the wrath that is to come. It is a great kindness. The word in our text, it's loving kindness. And it's one way that our translators have given a familiar Hebrew word. In fact, in this psalm, the word is used several times. When the writer yearns that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men, that word goodness is exactly the same word as loving kindness. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His loving kindness. And again in the opening verse of Psalm 107, Oh, give thanks, he says, to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever, for His loving kindness endureth forever. For the kind hand of the Lord it is everlasting toward His people. 
It's interesting also in the New Testament in Jerusalem, there was the pool of Bethesda. And the word Bethesda is a Hebrew word which means house of mercy. It's the same word that we have here, the same root word in our text of loving kindness. And so Bethesda, the house of mercy, it is also meaning flowing waters. And the idea in the picture is that flowing constantly from God is His kindness, His gentleness, His love to His people. Can you think of a greater expression of the loving kindness that is given to us than the gift of everlasting life? The gift of life, the water of life that flows to us, that Bethesda, that pool of healing that has healed us from our transgressions and our sin, is there any better example of the kindness of God? That's exactly the meaning of the word. Stop and consider, oh believer, do not let a day go past that you do not acknowledge and consider what Christ has done for you and the kindness of God in giving to us everlasting life, that we might praise the Lord Jesus for dying in our place, that we might acknowledge the Holy Spirit's work in applying the merit of Christ to our life and the value of the cross work of our Lord Jesus. Yes, all of these things, friends, are kindnesses that are given to us, and we acknowledge it being in the Lord Jesus. But do you not see it also when we are making slow progress in our Christian life? Do we not often feel that our spiritual growth has sort of like two speeds? It's slow and stop. Or maybe it has three speeds. Reverse might be the third one. We read the Scriptures, we pray, but too often it becomes sort of a burden or maybe even a duty, dry and lifeless, quickly getting through it in order to get on with the necessary business of the day. Perhaps we look back to better times of communion or fellowship with the Lord. And we wonder why we're so slow to learn and grow in Christ. And while we observe faults in other Christians, maybe we are slow to observe the same faults in our own life. Beware of such a spirit, friend. It's very easy to fall into that trap, to look and see where others are deficient, where others are not living up to the mark, and in pointing the fingers at others, it's so that we ourselves think we're not so bad. And what does the Lord do in such times when we have been slow or stopped or going in reverse in our own Christian communion? Does He scold us? Does He embarrass us? Does He ignore us? No, He kindly 
and gently leads us. He leads us back, back into the schoolroom of grace, and He teaches us again, and He reinforces those foundation truths that we have learned before, but we need to learn them again. We need to have them pressed upon our minds again, that our, our growth might not be hindered, but that we will get on track again, that we will see growth in grace, that we will await, if we could put it this way, the day of our graduation, the day we leave this earth and we go to be with the Lord. But believer, it's not just about times where we're making slow progress. What about the times when we are resisting the grace of sanctification in our lives. You know, when the arborist takes out his saw and shears and removes branches that are growing in the wrong way, it may initially look like a lot of lumber on the grass and the ground and a lot of leaves scattered everywhere but he saw those things growing in the wrong direction and not helping or benefiting the ultimate growth of the tree. And when you look at it, you think, well, there's a lot of injury has happened to this tree. You can see where those limbs have been cut off and it's still very raw looking. But before long, given time, growth continues and the evidence of the expert hand of the arborist will be seen. You know, this is true in our Christian lives. It's true because the Lord comes along and He will cut off those habits, those attitudes, that wrong thinking, and all of the behaviors that hinder our growth in Christ-likeness. And the Lord will come and do His work, the expert arborist in our life. because those things are hindering Christ-likeness in us. And so as He comes along and does His work, I will tell you, it is a great work of loving kindness, because the Lord that's doing that work is only doing it for our good and for His ultimate glory. And the more we reflect the nature and character of the Savior, the more that our Heavenly Father is pleased and we are prepared for glory. So yes, when we're making slow progress and maybe resisting the grace of sanctification, but what about falling into some sin or temptation? And what about times we stumble when the devil comes and goes into his box of temptations, and there is some disappointment. We know the devil comes against us all with the fiery darts. Ephesians 6 speaks of that, and we're to have the armor, the shield of faith on that we can resist all the fiery arrows of the evil one, but he doesn't give up. His temptations are often and frequent, and he comes with the purpose of discouraging and we know the weakness of our own flesh. 
and the number of times that we have grieved the Spirit by a Christless attitude, by some behavior that is not resembling the holiness of the Lord. Or as Charles Wesley put it in his hymn, we have grieved Him by a thousand falls. It's so true. How does the Lord deal with us then? Yes, I know. There are times when the rod of correction must come out. For the Lord whom He loves, He will chasten and He will correct us. But much more frequently, how does our Father deal with us? He deals with us kindly and not harshly. We have much to learn about that. I knew this kindness during this past week when it came to my heart just how undeserving and unworthy that I was of God's grace. And instead of stern rebuke that I should know better, a neighbor appeared, was walking his dog, and he stopped to talk. I had known this person over the years, uh, met him a couple of times, but we had no real interaction. But after a little small talk, the Lord opened a door to speak to that man about Christ and about his need of salvation for where he was going and headed for eternity. I was surprised that when this man, Peter, he said to me that recently several people had shared with him about his need of Jesus Christ. He wasn't a religious man. He had never really gone to church at all. He was a nice man, good living sort of character, I suppose. But he said that this was just another witness. And he said, I'm going to have to really get things in order now. He's an older man, maybe 75 or so. But you know, after that short visit ended, I went into the garage and I wept. I wept because of the, the kindness of the Lord uh, to me. And I felt that I deserved more rebuke and I deserved something from the Lord of chastening. And I said to myself, Lord, this is just like You, full of grace and mercy and kindness. And at those times, He overwhelms us with His love. And believer, I am sure that you have found some similar circumstances in your own life. And if you are young in the faith and you have not experienced such yet, that the Lord will in mercy and in kindness deal with you when you feel you need a good kick, you need a good slap, you need a good rebuke. But how does the Lord come? Often He comes with that gentle and kind action which speaks to us 
perhaps in a far louder way. He overwhelms us. Well, one more thought here. It's when thinking in ourselves that others deserve more kindness than we do. What I mean by this is simply, it's good to take care of our own responsibilities and not to expect other people to do for us what, well, that we should do for ourselves. But sometimes in this mindset of working and providing and paying, we forget just how much the Lord takes care of us every single day and how we are recipients of His kindnesses. We feel it's good for the Lord to take care of other people, take care of missionaries. We give to the support of missionaries. You give to the support of the ministry of the work of God. We can sometimes be shocked or surprised when God shows us some personal kindness. We think, well, Lord, I, I, I don't deserve this. And that's just how the Lord operates with His people. He opens His hands of bounty and He takes care of us. Sometimes we use the expression of spoiled in a good way. You know, when grandparents are said to spoil their grandchildren with gifts and toys and squishmallows and all kinds of things like that, it's used in the most endearing way. And so when the Lord pours out His kindnesses to us, we feel that others deserve it more, but it's His way of spoiling in the best connotation of the word. His kindnesses are given to His children. So, friend, we have thought of the giving of the gift of salvation. We've thought about what this is to experience it when we are in the Lord, when we're in Christ. But I close with this, with the hope of eternal life. And Paul again in Titus chapter 3, he said this, which God shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. And the great kindness of the Lord that was shown at Calvary and the amplification of that kindness which we have received throughout all our Christian lives and will do unto the day of our death, it will only be the unfolding of the magnitude of the kindness of God in eternity and the expression of the hope that we have of eternal life. Because, my dear friend, it will never be reversed. You see, what God gives to us, He does not take away. And the blessings He has promised in our Lord Jesus for eternity, they will not be ever turned backward. They will never be reversed. And on top of that, they are never ending. For time, for all eternity... We, we have to stop there because you just cannot go beyond to comprehend what that means. But let the heart of every believer be overflowing with thanksgiving to God for what we can give to Him and how we can possibly express this. And so, as we conclude today, 
Take time, friend, to observe the kindnesses of the Lord in your life. Pray that we will reflect God's kindness to others. And in our busy lives, that we will take time to be kind-hearted and to be loving one another. For as Paul said to the Ephesians, simply in these words, and be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven us. We are the recipients of much. We have been given great mercies. We have been given the goodness of God. And don't forget, the kindness, the loving kindness, the goodness, the mercy, all of these words, they all mean and point in the same direction. May the Lord bless His Word unto our hearts today. We're going to close our service now by singing number 614. Augustus Top Ladies' hymn, A Debtor to Mercy Alone, Of covenant mercy I sing, Nor fear with thy righteousness on My person and offering bring. The terrors of law and of God With me can have nothing to do, My Savior's obedience and blood Hide all my transgressions from view. Number 614. We'll stand as we sing. be seated. And if you're not able to remain for our time of communion, uh, please feel free uh, to leave.
We have a hymn we're going to sing for our communion time now. And it's number 349. 349. 